Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. All right, well, good morning. It is January. We are on day 10 of our reading today, which is Genesis 27 to 29, along with Psalm 10. So, uh, five observations today, five applications, and a summary and a couple of things that I'm excited to share with you that I hope will be a help for you this morning. First observation from our reading, Genesis 27 and 29. Rebekah entices Jacob to deceive his father, Isaac, and take the blessing intended for Esau. This chapter's foundation will help us to understand the conflict that's going on between the two brothers. Uh, it gives us a lot of information about things that will uh, be coming to pass as we continue to read. A second observation, Jacob goes through with the plan, leaving Esau irate and wanting to kill him. Um, Isaac here is, I think, 137 years old, um, thinks that he's probably near the end of his life, although he actually ends up living another four decades or so. Um, but we see Jacob going through with, with the plan that had been given to him. Thirdly, Jacob has a dream, and the Lord assures him of the covenantal promise. Uh, we know this as Jacob's Ladder, a um, uh, pretty well-known portion of Scripture in the Old Testament. Fourthly, we see this, that Jacob left home and met Rachel and wanted to marry her. Uh, so again, every chapter we're reading, we're, we're learning the foundational parts of how uh, the, the family of the patriarchs is put together, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Um, and then a fifth observation is that Laban deceives Jacob and gives him Leah to marry instead of Rachel. Uh, this is this is kind of ironic because here Jacob, uh, who was involved in deception, is deceived. Uh, Jacob, who had conspired to um, fool and trick his father and, and take what wasn't his, uh, now is the victim when someone fools and deceives him. Uh, brides in that day were were heavily veiled. Uh, as a part of that ceremony, and so that, that's part of how Laban was able to pull that off. So you could say the deceiver got deceived. Um, but the applications from today, I, I want to make sure and take a few minutes to help you with it. I think there's some helpful things here. Number one, we do not know how many days we have, and we should make the most of each one. In, in chapter 27, verse 2, um, Isaac says, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now, he ends up living for quite a while after that. But, but what he says is, is true. And what he says is worthwhile for us, really, to, to think about every day. That we don't know the day of our death. The Lord does. Um, but, but we don't. And, and you know what I find is whenever I ask people to talk to me about how they view the end of their life, whenever I ask people to describe, you know, how, how things look, you know, at, at, the, at the late stage of their life, everybody 
always automatically sees themselves as being very old. Um, and for some, that they get a, a long life. But, but the reality of it is that for many, many people, their time on this earth is far shorter than they imagine. For most of us, we, we probably have fewer days than we think. Now, I don't mean that to be morbid or depressing. It, it really isn't. It's just, it's just a way to remind ourselves of the urgency of every single day. Um, for the believer, the good news is um, we have everlasting life. We have eternal life. And so, though we die, yet we live. And so, for the Christian, we never really have, truly, in its truest sense, uh, end of life. We just go from this life to eternity where things are even better for us. However, the time that we have on this earth is limited. Um, and for so many of us, we always think in terms of having just almost limitless time to do the things that, that the Lord would have us to do. But what is said in chapter 27, verse 2, is true, that we do not know the day of our death. And so we need to make the most of every day and every opportunity. Um, it's always the right time to commit to doing the right things. Um, so let's make the most of each day. Secondly, beware of allowing yourself to settle for speaking religious jargon without sincerity. What do I mean by that? Well, chapter 27, verse 20, Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. That sounds so spiritual. That sounds so faithful. Um, why was I able to find this game so quickly? Well, because the Lord your God granted me success. That sounds so holy. The truth is, though, um, he was just simply relying on religious phrases, religious jargon, knowing that he was lying in deception. And we've got to be careful because there are times, even as believers, where we can rely on knowing the right things to say and, and being able to sound spiritual, being able to sound holy. Um, and, and sometimes that's just covering up for a hard heart. Uh, I, I'm thinking of, of, of James chapter 2. Uh, if a brother among you is in need of clothes or daily food, don't say, stay warm and well-fed and do nothing about his physical needs. The idea of saying stay warm and well-fed is to, to, to not meet their physical needs, but instead just offer them some kind of, of platitude, just some kind of religious-sounding vocabulary. We've got to be careful of that. We can do that. Uh, Christians can slip into using religious words and religious themes, and what they say sounds right, but it's covering up for a heart sometimes that has grown a bit cold and stagnant. So, so don't rely on religious jargon without sincerity, all right? The third application, our God is El Shaddai, the one with all the power, and so we rest in Him. I'm thinking here in chapter 28, verse 3. God Almighty bless you 
and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. God Almighty, the word here is, is El Shaddai. And we've seen El Shaddai before. Um, let me take just a moment and take you back to Genesis 17. When Genesis 16 ends, Abraham, uh, Abram at the time, uh, is 86 years old. Ishmael has been born. Um, Abram was disobedient, did what he should not have done, uh, because it seemed like God's promise was, was not going to happen in his eyes. And between Genesis 16 and Genesis 17, 13 years pass. In that small little white space in your Bible, between the end of chapter 16 and the start of chapter 17, 13 years pass by. And can you imagine how hard those 13 years would have been? Knowing what Abraham has done, knowing how he has tried to take circumstances into his own control and, and did what he should not have done, and now for 13 years, uh, God, who has made this promise to him, this covenant with him, that he's going to be uh, the father of a multitude of nations, that through him all the people of the earth was going to be blessed. And in a, in a time of doubt and weakness of his faith, Abram takes matters in his own hands and uh, has a child with Hagar. They have Ishmael. And for 13 years, there's nothing. And then when chapter 17 starts, verse 1, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. I am the God with all the power. After 13 years of, of silence, God shows up and God speaks. And the first thing that God says to Abram at this point is, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. This is him saying, I, I can do anything. And there's a word of comfort in chapter 17 for Abram to be reminded that God can do anything, but also a word of conviction because Abram has sinned and God is saying, I can do anything. God is still God. It's a word of compassion in chapter 17, but also a word of correction. And what we see is that God, who knows all things and does discipline his own, is still a God who is merciful and gracious and powerful because he is El Shaddai, the God who can do anything. So, back to chapter 28, verse 3, we see that name again. Our God is El Shaddai. And so we rest in Him. We rest in our God who has all the power. A fourth application. Our God is the same God who blessed Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we serve the one true God. It's amazing to me to, to read these stories in Genesis and see how God was at work in Abraham and with Isaac, with Jacob, and, and, and at times these were very strong, faithful men, and at times these were very weak men who, who sinned and did, did very wrong things, and yet when you read about the power of God and the patience of God and the, the kindness of God and the promise-keeping God that sustained them, this exact same God that we serve today, we today serve the same God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. When you read about the power of God and the might of God in Genesis, this exact same God that sustains us today and has saved us 
we can find great rest in that. And then fifthly, please hear this. Our sin complicates our lives. We saw that in the reading today. Um, there's lying and deception, and they've got to, to lie to continue a lie. In chapter 27, when Isaac uh, says, How is it you have found it so quickly? And then um, Jacob says, Because the Lord your God granted me success. And Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may fill you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near Isaac, his father, and felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And, and Jacob's having to keep up with this lie, and it just complicates our life. And then you go to the reading with, uh, with Laban and the deception and trickery that takes place there. And just, Look, just understand this. When we sin, we make life complicated. We make life hard. Keep your life simple. Life may not be easy, but keep your life simple. Be honest. Be truthful. Be faithful. Let the circumstances fall where they may. Let the consequences be what they may. But just keep life simple. Sin complicates our life. And sin complicates the life of those around us. So let's live in, in honesty and faithfulness. And then quickly, an application from Psalm chapter 10. I would say it this way. Sometimes we feel like God is far away and hiding from us, but He is always near and is always King forever and ever. Sometimes we go through life where it feels like God is distant, but just know He's not. Sometimes it feels like, as the psalmist said in Psalm 10, that God is hiding. But just know that He's not. He's always near. And as the psalmist reminds us, He is King forever and ever. He is our faithful God who is near His people. He is El Shaddai, the God with all the power. And so we walk in trust and obedience. Hope that encourages you today. Be blessed.